Please take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 12. John chapter 12. We're going to look at John chapter 12, king for the day. John chapter 12. Notice if you would please, starting with verse number 9. John 12, 9. Much people of the Jews, therefore, knew that he was there, and they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus also, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priest consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death, because that by reason of him many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus. On the next day, much people that were come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. And Jesus, when he had found a young ass, sat thereon, as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh, sitting on an ass's coat. These things understood not his disciples at the first. But when Jesus was glorified, then remembered they that these things were written of him, and that they had done these things unto him. The people, therefore, that was with him when he called Lazarus out of his grave and raised him from the dead, bear record. For this cause the people also met him, for that they heard that he had done this miracle. The Pharisees therefore said amongst themselves, Perceive ye how ye prevail nothing, but hold the world is going after him. And there were certain Greeks among them that came up to worship at the feast. The same came therefore to Philip, which was of Bethsaida, of Galilee, and desired him, saying, Sir, we would see Jesus. Philip cometh and telleth Andrew, and again Andrew and Philip tell Jesus. And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone, but if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it, and he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me, and where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Verse 32, And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Heavenly Father, I pray you'd bless the reading of your word. Dear God in heaven, I pray that you would use your word to uh, convict and challenge and comfort hearts today. Thank you for the opportunity you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. I almost said amen, be seated. <laughs> but uh, as I'm getting used to this, I, I, I'm thinking to myself, Lord, you know, and you're in control. And uh, we will hand it all over to the Lord and cast our cares upon him uh, during this time uh, that we're going online instead of preaching to a congregation. John chapter 12, we see um, the, what we would call the Palm Sunday. And they took branches of, uh, of uh, palm trees and laid them down before Jesus as he went down the road and cried, Hosanna! 
Hosanna means joy. It means praise. Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. Palm Sunday was Jesus' most popular hour, most popular day. John 12, 19 says the world had gone after him. Multitudes had gathered uh, for the Passover and everyone was excited about seeing Jesus, the one who raised Lazarus from the dead, and Lazarus who was raised from the dead. You know, even the chief priests were really concerned about this because uh, they were taking people away from them. Uh, that is, Jesus was taking people away from the religious group there, and they were following after Jesus. And they said, you know what, maybe we should just uh, get rid of Lazarus also, but definitely we need to get rid of this Jesus. You know, uh, it was uh, very moving as you read how Jesus was telling his disciples that uh, he had to be lifted up between heaven and earth, and the disciples weren't getting it. Matter of fact, the Bible tells us they would not get it until after he was glorified. Pastor Todd, that means they didn't get it until after he was resurrected uh, from the grave. Jesus was the king that they had prayed for. He would break the Roman rule. He would set them free, really free. Blessed be the king. So they broke palm branches and they laid them in front of Jesus and cried, Hosanna, uh, blessed be the king. And uh, as they did that, they were recognizing Jesus as king for the day. Because we recognize in just uh, less than a week, they would, the same people would be calling to crucify him. Crucify him. Crucify him. Let's go to Luke chapter 19, verses 38 and 40, saying, Blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. And some of the Pharisees from among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out, blessed be the king. You know, I look at that portion of scripture and I think, Jesus, king for the day, the king, the king is exalted for this day. This Passover day, this first Palm Sunday, back in John chapter 12, the Bible says that much multitudes, the crowds were huge. Everybody was there. Everybody was gathering for Passover. Everybody wanted to see this Jesus who had raised Lazarus, who had done so many miracles. Even the Gentiles and the Greeks were there. They were saying, sir, we want to see Jesus. They asked Philip, where is this Jesus? The religious people were there, the Pharisees, the chief priests, and the, and the scribes. The temple guys were there. They, they were all a little bit nervous. I, I believe the Roman uh, centurions were there as they were trying to watch over this crowd. This was a big parade. Maybe not as big as some of the parades they had seen before, but this was a big parade, this parade for Jesus. Then these um, religious folks, uh, these Pharisees, they, they were upset because Jesus is interfering in their religious monopoly. Uh, Jesus was um, getting this crowd to follow after him. Remember, after the Palm Sunday parade, uh, one of the things that Jesus did was he went and got the money changers from 
out of the porch or the front porch or the front steps of the temple. He got them out of the temple. What were they doing there in the first place? Well, I'm sure they had made deals with the Pharisees and the chief priests. See, the ultimate plan for the Pharisees was to get rid of Jesus, and, and that plan would prevail. We know it would prevail because of the power they had. After all the multitudes had seen, after all they had heard from Jesus Christ, and today, on this day, this Palm Sunday day, they were saying, Hosanna, behold the king. But soon they would cry, crucify him, crucify him. Jesus tells us why. In John chapter 12, verses 35 through 49, the problem was they would not believe. They would not believe, they could not believe, they should not believe. The point that he was making is that uh, they would not believe. They would not believe they had in their minds this preconceived of idea of what Jesus should be, and they would not believe what he was. He was the Savior. He was going to free them, but he wasn't going to free them from a Roman Empire. He was going to free them from sin. He wasn't going to give them a better life here on earth, although as a Christian, I'd say I have a great life in Christ, but he was going to give them eternal life. Christian, when we read this and read these verses, we recognize that we can't get discouraged when we're trying to tell people about the Lord Jesus Christ and they don't accept the Savior whom we know is so great we just are called to witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. We're not responsible for their decisions. But we have that responsibility to tell others about Jesus. Over the 42 years that I've been pastor, almost 42 years I've been pastor here at Community Baptist Church, this Easter season, season has been a time when people become aware of their need for Jesus. In the outreach of the church, uh, we've uh, always seen people saved during this time of year. We've always seen people baptized. Uh, the emphasis of getting the gospel out through preaching, through singing, through cantatas, through passing out gospel tracts. Actually, it was my hope that the month of April we would uh, uh, be involved in a track blitz and we were going to count how many tracts we were going to give out on this month. But we almost always run out of tracks uh, during the month of April when it comes to uh, this time of year we see Easter. You know, people take heed of their spiritual need a lot of times because Easter's mentioned so much. You know, it's important that uh, we, not, we not retreat from our responsibility to be a witness during this time. And, and it's so important that we recognize people still need Jesus even during this COVID virus 19. And this is where we have to be a little innovative and start thinking. They need to hear from us. And so we need to make sure that we are doing all we can do. Call them, Facebook them or FaceTime them. Uh, make sure you're tweeting them and, and uh, doing all the other things that uh, you normally do when it comes to this modern technology. I'm learning this all uh, during this time. I want to be effective for my Lord during this time. Read scripture to uh, some of your friends. So let them know how God is lifting your heart up during this time. Let them know about our our uh, podcast and Kathy's podcast and, and the, the messages that we have on YouTube. Let them know that, that 
Jesus Christ has met your need and you want them to know that he can meet their need. It's so very important. Secondly, we see the prophecy the king executed. The first prophecy we see is Zechariah 9.9. That was fulfilled as Jesus got on the on the colt and rode into the city of Jerusalem. Rejoice greatly, O daughters of Zion. Shout, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, thy king cometh unto thee. He is just and having salvation, lowly and riding upon an ass and upon a colt, the fold of an ass. First, daughter Zion is just another designation of, of Jerusalem. That prophecy was fulfilled when he entered into the city on that first Palm Sunday. We notice also in John chapter 12, verse number 32, I read it earlier, and I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Jesus prophesizes his crucifixion that would be less than a week away. If I be lifted up, if I be lifted up, Jesus said. Take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 3, a very familiar portion of Scripture. John chapter 3. Everybody knows John 3, 16. But John 3, verse number 14. Notice, if you would please, we'll read 14, 15, and 16. Great illustration here. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Even as Moses lifted up his rod, lifted up the serpent and said, look and live, you must ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and be your savior. Look and live. We look at this and we go to John chapter 8. Turn to John chapter 8 and verse number 28. The Bible says, John 8, 28. Then said Jesus unto them, When ye have lifted up the Son of Man, then shall ye know that I am he, and that I do nothing of myself, but as my Father hath taught me, I speak these things. And then John 12 and verse 33. This he said, this he said, signifying what death he should die. Jesus Christ prophesying of his death. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, Jesus is prophesying the cross, the crucifixion, the curse of the cross. But the multitudes and even the disciples, look at it. They, they, they didn't understand. They wouldn't understand until after he was glorified, the Bible says. Why? Because they were involved in their own concepts, their own dreams, their own plans. Look at it. They were looking for a new kingdom. It wasn't God's kingdom. It was their new kingdom. They weren't listening to the prophecy of Jesus. They were thinking about who was the greatest, who would be the greatest, some of the disciples. Jesus was their hope for breaking the Roman rule, creating a better life, having a better government. But Jesus was giving them salvation, breaking 
the power of sin, creating for them eternal life. It's so important for us to see this. And by the way, sometimes we have plans or dreams or we make these plans or dreams. We get so enthralled with them, we forget to put God in our plans and our dreams. And many times those plans and dreams because of health or financial setbacks or maybe COVID-19, they, uh, they don't come to fruition. Sometimes it's maybe because they're selfish plans. Like the disciples, who would be the greatest? So what do we do when those plans don't come into fruition? When they don't come true? When those plans are thwarted or smashed? Well, we can complain. That certainly does no one any good. We can become critical of others. We can do the blame game. I'm so tired of that on uh, the news programs. Everybody's blaming everybody. This is not the time to blame anyone. It's the time to recognize there needs to be a spirit of, uh, of, uh, of uh, cooperation to get through this. We can whine. In my office, as I sit at my desk, I, my bookshelves are across from me up on top. It says, thou shall not whine. I'm reminding myself all the time, I don't need to whine. I shouldn't whine. And when I whine, all I'm doing is giving in to my selfish desires. Or we can give it over to God and become thankful for what we have, contented in what we have. Do we trust God with our plans or are we so embarrassed about even telling God our plans because he's not in our plans? Remember, David? Justin, David had a dream, didn't he? He wanted to build the temple. He couldn't build the temple. No, it wasn't his to build. He could pay it forward, but it would be Solomon that would build the temple. That dream would be accomplished through his son. Those plans would be accomplished through another. So many people are discouraged today because their immediate dreams or their plans are smashed those dreams or plans that have so captivated them, so captivated their attentions. But now you have time to recognize there's a God in heaven and we need to go through him with our plans and our dreams. We need to listen to his word and recognize that we need to start living for those plans, those dreams that include him. A dream or a plan that leaves God out is a bad dream, a bad plan disciples had a plan but it wasn't God's plan and they were um, so enthralled with their plan that they didn't even get God's plan until after the resurrection it'd be a week or so before they'd understand God's plans and those were the disciples those were the disciples and those disciples were troubled they were troubled because they didn't understand what do you mean you're going to leave us Wait, we've, we've left our nets. We've done everything to follow you, and you're going to leave us? John chapter 14, Jesus says to them, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions, and we're not so I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive to myself that where I am, there ye may be also. The disciples' plans 
we're really in contrast to Paul's uh, plans as his plans were all changed. And instead of being troubled, Paul looked for ways to use these new plans, this new program that he was in. Paul couldn't have planned to be in Nero's prison, but he made the best of it and he used it to bless the church at Philippi. Yeah, I want to go back to Philippians chapter 4 again, just for a moment. Philippians chapter 4, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago, I think this is the most searched uh, verse, or some of the most searched verses on the internet are Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing. Don't worry about it. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, Think on these things. Make sure your thinking is right. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Rejoice, verse 4. Verse 5, let everyone see it. God's at hand. Pray about everything. Worry about nothing. Verse 6, be thankful. There's a promise of peace in verse 7. Focus on thinking. Did you see that? Did you get it? He's not saying be positive. No, but we ought to be optimistic. Why? Because we have a God who's in control. We can be contented in his peace. Not running around in fear or worry. But we have to think correctly. Think on those things. And then the promise of peace again, and then the contentment in verse 11. In verse number 19, he'll supply all of our need. Well, I come to the third point, and that is the passion, the king's invitation. Notice, if you would please, verse 32 again. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. Jesus came to this earth to be our Savior. Jesus came so that we could know God and have a relationship with God. The Bible says in Luke 19, verse number 10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Notice verses 46 and 47 of uh, John chapter 12. The Bible says, I am come a light into the world that whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. And if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not. For I came not to judge the world, but to save the world. Jesus came to be our Savior. Now he will be our judge. The Savior will be our judge if we reject him as our Savior. In Romans chapter 5 and verse number 12, Wherefore, as by one man, that's Adam, 
entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Go back to John 12, 46. I am come a light into the world, that whoso believeth on me should not abide in darkness. Jesus came. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 5 and verse number 8, uh, but, uh, but, but God committed his love toward us in why we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. We know John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God can save you from your sin today. You need to recognize there's no way for you to save yourself. The message is clear. We know what the disciples did not know. We know that Jesus died on the cross and came forth from the grave. They recognized that after the resurrection, we have the record of the resurrection. He was victorious over sin and over death. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 tells us, and our only hope for heaven is through the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you never put your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, put your trust in him today. Jesus loves you. Jesus came to be your savior to shed his blood on Calvary's tree so that you'd have payment for your sin. That's what Easter's all about. Fulfilling God's plan of salvation. Jesus shedding his blood as a payment for our sin, the sin that separates us from God. Peter, you remember Peter, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and spot, he writes in 1 Peter 1, 19. Why? Again, because we're sinners. Because we need the Savior. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Romans 10, 13. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Do you know Jesus today? Friend, if you don't know Jesus today, we want to introduce you to the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. The message is so clear. Easter's all about God loving you, sending his son to be our savior, to make that payment for our sin. Right now, if you don't know Christ is your personal savior, bow your head and ask Jesus to forgive you of your sin. Ask him to come into your heart and become your savior. My son Clint, who's 35 years old now, he was born with Down syndrome. Often he would come forward at the end of a service and he'd say, I'd say, son, what are you coming for? And he'd say, father, I want to get saved. And I said, well, son, who's a sinner? And right away he would say to me, my sisters, his twin sisters. Finally, one Sunday he did come forward after I explained to him over and over again, it's your need. You are a sinner. And you need to ask Jesus Christ to come into your heart and take away your son's sin, your sin, son. And he said, 
as he came forward with tears in his eyes, I said, son, what are you coming forward today? And he said, father, I need Jesus. And I said, who's a sinner? And with tears flowing down his cheeks, he said, I am a sinner. And I need Jesus. So right here in front of this pulpit, at this altar, we bowed our head and he asked Jesus Christ to come into his heart. You say, is it that easy? It's that easy to say it. It's not easy for us to put ourselves down and humble ourselves to God. But it's easy. God has made it so easy that he said even the children can come on to me and learn of me. So if you never trusted Jesus, do that today. Bow your head right now and close your eyes and ask Jesus to come into your heart and forgive you of your sin. Thank him for being your savior, for dying on the cross of Calvary. Thank God for his love. Ask him to come in your heart and save you from your sin. That you might have a home in heaven and not be condemned in your sin. And if you'll do that, the Bible tells us that you can have the confidence that he will save you. And I trust you will today. And if you did, if you did pray that prayer, please call. You'll see on the website a number you can call or uh, email us or text us and let us know. We'll be glad to send you follow-up material so that on this coming Easter, you'll know the real meaning of Easter. It'll be here in your heart. Now, Father, again, we thank you for your word and the power of it. And I pray, Heavenly Father, as we looked at our Savior Jesus today, King for a day, that, Father, he will be king in our lives forever, knowing that our Savior, who could have called 10,000 angels to release him from that cross on that crucifixion day, stayed there for me, for us, because of his Father's salvation, plan of salvation for each of us, because God so loved us. Now, Father, I pray that you would just use, continue to use this message. And Father, again, we'll give you all the honor and glory. In Jesus' name, amen.